You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, everyone, super excited to bring you Crispin Frank today, who's the co-founder and CEO of Synthesis, which is the most innovative learning experience meant to develop students who are enthralled by complexity and solving for the unknown. I'm sure Crispin's got more to say about that. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on with Synthesis, so I had to have him on the podcast. But uh, Crispin, how's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of what your story is, and then let's talk about Synthesis story? my story as far as how I got involved with synthesis or just however you want to, however you want to answer that question, man. (laughs) I'll do a quick bio. Then after I finished college, I'm from Virginia. I went to, uh, to college in Virginia and I rode my bicycle across the country to California. That's how I ended up moving to California. Didn't really want to get a job. So I'd started like something like Sprig, if people familiar with that, which like, that's actually more similar like Uber eats now, but this is like before the iPhone and before Uber was a thing. So we were just like, picking up food and delivering it uh, in San Diego. And through doing that, I kind of you know realized I was paying the programmers to make the website. Like, you know, that was where all the money was going. And I was like, well, I'm kind of in the wrong business here. So moved to San Francisco and joined the tech industry, ended up at a company called Class Dojo. was the first engineer there. And that's grown to like 50 million users worldwide. As part of that working there, I went to visit a bunch of schools. And one of them was the school that Elon Musk started for his kids at the SpaceX campus and kind of, you know, was really enthralled with the model there. The idea of like kind of pushing the frontier of education, trying to take the, you know, the smartest kids, the kids of rocket engineers and make them smarter. And I really liked the approach that they'd come up with at the school. So I ended up later co-founding Synthesis with the guy who created that school, Josh Don, who was the teacher. He's originally teacher of Elon's kids and Elon liked him and said, Hey, let's start a school together from first principles. And yeah, that's where we are. And what was that school called? Ad Astra? Is that what it's called? Ad Astra. Yeah. I think there's a bunch of you know, there's since a movie came out <laughs> called Ad Astra, and then there's so a bunch of other schools are called Ad Astra now, but that was, yeah, that was what they called it. Got it. Fascinating. So maybe we could start with that school first and talk about maybe the success people have, have, I guess, Elon's kids have seen, or like, I guess Josh saw with running that school. So can you speak to that first? Do you have any data there? No, there's no data. I mean, and it would be kind of hard to, it's hard to separate, you know, those kids are really smart, but it's hard to know if that's because of the approach of the school or if it's because of, you know, they're all like rocket engineers kids. And then it was Mm -hmm. only like the top 10% or I think even less of the rocket engineers at SpaceX who got their kids got into the school. So it was pretty select group, but you know, what I saw, what made me want to start the company with Josh was, I guess like backing up the reason Elon wanted to start a school is because he thought schools were, he wants people to be able to solve problems. Like that's what he's, good at and you know presumably what he wanted his kids to be good at and he felt like school was just they would teach the tools so they would teach a course on wrenches and a course on screwdrivers and he thought what you should do is give them an engine to take apart and like then you're going to have to learn how to use a wrench and learn how to use a screwdriver and so that was kind of the first principles approach that elon took to the school josh then you know he's got on the one hand he had this really exciting job building the school for elon and then you know on the other hand you have to report to elon and you know he's pretty demanding and so when josh would meet with elon to kind of report on the school he's also watching how elon thinks 
and solves problems. And one of the things he realized is that he always had more context than Elon on this particular area because Elon's meeting with people all day and super busy. And he is very knowledgeable, of course, but he doesn't, he cannot possibly command all the details. So he gets really good at the process of reasoning and communication independent of what the knowledge involved is. And so Josh started thinking like, well, can I teach kids to reason this way? How do you know, if I want to teach them to think like Elon, not really helpful to try and teach them all the, all the knowledge, they're going to have to pick that up, you know, in whatever field they get into, but can I teach them this process? And so he started off trying to do things like, Hey, how do you take problems Elon was dealing with? How do we move the company from LA to Boca Chica, Texas? How do we move SpaceX, you know, across the country like that? And he would ask the kids and they get really excited. You know, they like being asked to come up with plans and ask their opinions. And they would come up with a really, really cool plan and think through a lot of these issues. But it was kind of inert because when you got done with it, you know, Elon was like actually going to move the company, but the kids were just like making a recommendation or a plan. And it's, you know, it felt like kind of stale. It's just like at the end of it, you just get a grade or something, didn't feel real. And so Josh just thought, like, well, what if I make it a game? So it's like, what if there's actual competition? And so he started taking these, like creating these simulations and having kids compete on teams together. And that's what I saw when I went down to the school. I just heard the kids having these really complex sounding conversations and very excited and very animated. And I asked the teacher who was next to me, I was like, what is this? And she was like, oh, they're planning for synthesis. Sorry, the kids get pretty obsessed with it. And that's not kind of learn the backstory, like that it was about learning how to solve problems. And I thought the genius of it was that no matter how clear your thinking is or how good you think your plan is, if you lose to another team, like that's reality. It's not the teacher telling you like, this isn't a good enough job. It's like reality is giving you that feedback. And so the effect that has on the kids is one, it feels more real to them. So it feels more engaging and it's like a real test. And then two, the skills that they get just kind of continue but like spiraling upward, right? In the same way that when you're the European soccer teams where they're like billions of dollars at stake, right? They get the top players from a young age and put them together and have them compete with each other. And they all kind of make each other better. Like the adage, like, you know, steel sharpens steel. And so that's what I think. I don't know what those kids were like before, but when I saw them at like age 12 or 13, I was just like, these kids are incredible. And, you know, I've since I've started to see that with, the kids who have been in synthesis now, we've been around for a year. We have some kids who've been in it for a year and you, you just like clearly you start to, you know, they just, they learn to reason and they learn to communicate in a way that is categorically different than other kids their age. And so I wanted that for my kids. And so, you know, worked on trying to convince Josh to make it more accessible and weren't really aiming to start a company, but that ended up, you know, being the best approach. Wow. That's amazing. So, I mean, if I were to simplify this, this is synthesis is basically like next level school, or basically it's school to me, it's school done right in a sense, right? Yeah. I think one of the ways you think about it is, well, so first of all, it's just a, it's like an enrichment supplementary program. Now you can do it for as little as an hour a week. So even if you're, you know, if the kids are in regular schools with, you know, a little bit of synthesis, we found like goes a long way and we wanted to be able to reach a lot of kids. So, so that's not like a full-time school, but that's like kind of a wedge. And I think eventually we create like more of a full stack school on the internet. The, one of the ways I think about it is, if you invented school after the internet and computers, then I think you would do it with these simulations and games at the center, right? It's more fun and the kids get to learn by kind of just playing 
they just get to learn by playing around. Right. And I think that's just a much better way to learn than like a, you know, worksheet or a video or a lecture or anything. Like, I think there's so much effort in bringing what we're doing in regular school and just like doing the same things online. And I think if you really think about it from first principles, like the best way to do it is with simulations. So yeah, that's, that's what we just tried to take a first principles approach. Like what are the skills that kids need in the information environment has changed quite a bit and is changing. It's getting, you know, getting more fast paced and more complex. And so what are the skills that kids need? How do we prepare them to succeed in that world? Got it. And so what would be an example of a simulation? I'm assuming you have to keep coming up with these different simulations or games, right? So, yeah, Josh has kind of a library of them. They created at Astra and they're usually just, this one we're working on right now. It's pretty exciting. It's called Hollywood that you're a film producer and you have these different, you know, actors and directors that cost, you know, so much you have like your budget that you have to manage. You have the different markets and like international considerations to think about. And you're just trying to create like a Hollywood studio basically through this game. So the kids will have to reason about like, you know, how much do we want to invest in this picture or that one? And is it worth springing for like the, uh, the super expensive, you know, star or should we try and do like a more budget approach? So they're always based on like some kind of industry. There's one about the fishing industry where you have to both catch fish and and try to generate profits, but also not destroy the long-term health of the ecosystem by overfishing. There's always like this, there was, you know, almost always grounded in some reality of like some industry or some facet of the world. And, and, and really what we're trying to do is make complex decisions with difficult trade-offs. So you're trying to put kids in a situation where they have to make difficult trade-offs under uncertainty and then, you know, check the results of their decisions against, you know, competing against other teams. Yeah. You know, there's that Thomas Sowell quote, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. Right. And I think teaching kids that at a young age makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's another Thomas. I was just reading Thomas Sowell's good biography came out about him recently. He talks about, learning to think at the university of Chicago. I think it's one of his professor's classes, not Milton Friedman, someone else, but he said, you know, the class was great because you just were forced to come face to face with your own sloppy thinking every day. And that's basically what, you know, you're lucky if you get that experience, like in life that will teach you how to, that's the only way I think people learn how to think is you're just are the consequences of, uh, you know, your own poor thinking are revealed to you. And that's what we, we think about that a lot at synthesis. Like, they, like you see that like kids who think they're, they're really good at school, they come in and they're like, Oh, we have this great plan. We're going to like crush everybody. And then they get crushed. And then they're like, Oh, wait a minute. I have to check my assumptions. I need to think more carefully. And it's, you know, it's undeniable. You can't like argue with the teacher. It's like you got crushed by the other teams. Their thinking was better than yours. Like, what are you going right. to do about it? And so, yeah, anyway, big Thomas old fan. <laughs> got it. You just reminded me of the book. I just checked Amazon. So I have a bunch sitting there on the shelf. Oh, there it is. I got it. So thank you for reminding me of that one because I haven't even opened it yet. The biography. Yeah. Maverick, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's great. It's really yeah. great. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's next up on my list now. Thank you for that. Yeah. So how does the business work in general? Maybe mechanics first is yeah. like a cohort based course type of scenario. Yeah, it's been, we started it as like a cohort based course and it's just a subscription. And so the kids will meet once a week with the same group every week, they'll play different games with all the same group of kids and same teacher. And we are in the middle right now of shifting to a more network approach. So to be kind of more like Peloton is probably like a good analogy where there's instructors and they're creating events and there's different challenges. There's like, there's different levels, right? So one of the things is we, unlike a lot of things in education, like we just are 
really focused on the frontier. Like we want the kids of like the rocket engineers and we want to push them further because we feel like there's a lot of push for, you know, bringing up the bottom in education, which is great, but it's just like not because of the way we started at Elon school. Like our focus is more on like seeing what's possible and like pushing the bounds. But we also have found, you know, every kid can benefit from synthesis. And so the way we resolve that tension is we're going to have like an open synthesis open where any kid can participate in that. And then you'll have levels to the game. So the kids who really excel, they're really committed and they really want to do it. They can move up to higher and higher levels where they'll get more sophisticated competition and collaborators. So similar to like any kind of like sport or, uh, you know, yeah, you can do like the swim team and you can just, you know, you can just go swimming at the pool or you can be on a local swim team or some people are hardcore and they like want to go to college for swimming and stuff like that. And they want to kind of dedicate their lives to it. And that's kind of our approach is to, you know, make it, we feel like we've created like this new school subject, make it accessible to everybody, but also, you know, we really care about accelerating the top. And so create those levels. So we know who to focus on. That's awesome. Yeah. It seems to make a lot of sense. Cause remember like high school, senior year econ class, I'd fall asleep all the time. And because it's like a long monologue, right? The fact that you guys are gamifying, it just naturally means it's more engaging. And the fact that you have levels makes it, it's, it's just a game for, for students. Right. So it just, it makes sense. So what are some yeah, numbers? you can share around the business. So I know you guys raised a couple million dollars on whatever you're comfortable sharing. So just so people get a sense. Gosh, I think when we raised the series a, the revenue was 2.5 million ARR, which is, I don't know, five months after we launched the subscription, we launched pretty early. We probably launched too early. Like we could, you know, could game those numbers and make them more impressive by like staying in beta for longer. But you know, it was, it's going pretty well and the demand was pretty high and, you know, felt like just go ahead and get the first couple thousand students in. You've got the kind of the crazy people who will try something new and they don't care if it's going to get their kid into college. They just like, they're like me. They just like see, okay, this is just, this is a better way. This is more like my work, right? Like that's one of the things that I noticed when I was looking at this at Ad Astra. I was like, this is like, as my work is like a tech startup, I was like, this is what we do. Like, right. We're just like, we're reasoning about things together. We're doing this, what we call conjecture and criticism. So we're, you know, throwing out ideas, criticizing the ideas, trying to come up with better answers. And that's, and you know, you have to do that as a team and that's what the kids are doing in synthesis. And so the current customers, you know, they just, they see that and they're not like asking us like, is this going to, how does this go on my high school transcript or college transcript or something like that? So anyway, yeah, so like such gratitude for those people who will, take the leap and try something new. Cause that's been, that's gotten us started and yeah, yeah, been a good run so far. That's awesome. And so you talked about I mean, in the kind of introduction, your engineer number one at class dojo. So I'm just wondering, so class dojo, you guys reached over 30 million teachers, students, and families, right? Maybe even more than that at a certain point. Yeah. Now. It's far more now. Yeah. So I have to imagine there are some key lessons you carried over from that or key similarities you're seeing too. So anything you want to share around those two? Oh man, there's just so much. Yeah, that was just a master class. Like one, like just learned learned a lot of like the knowledge of the education landscape. And then two, just like how to run a high growth startup. The founders there are really great, really brilliant. Like the importance of strategy as well. Like Class Dojo from the beginning, it was sort of like using the build something great for the people. You're not going to change the system. Build something really great for the people 
in the system and just be able to find a way to get directly to them. So Class Dojo does, it's free for teachers and parents. And then there's like optional upgrades. And so that allows you to go around the school system. You don't have to go sell to principals or districts. So that was a really big lesson learned. The synthesis is a consumer company. We always get you know, requests to partner with schools. And honestly, just schools are like the worst customers. They don't really care. Like it's kind of like, I shouldn't say they don't care. Like the teachers involve care and generally the principals will care as well. But the higher levels that you go up out of the classroom, the more it becomes about something else. And it comes about, you know, covering yourself or, you know, fulfilling these like standards. So the one really big lesson was like, go straight to consumers, create something that's so good that people will use it or pay for it. You know, Thomas Sowell, I think would agree with that approach. Yeah, that's interesting because what you're trying to do is you're trying to drum up the demand and then they're, they're like going to push everyone else to do it and they eventually have to adopt it, right? That's logic? Yes. I mean, is that This is for synthesis? So more so around, so I guess I'm talking about Class Dojo here because you oh, said, yeah. Guys, yeah. So there's no forced adoption of Class Dojo. So it's all, it's just a better product. So it's kind of the, it's the opposite. School boards or not school boards, the uh, superintendents or district people will try to force like a separate, you know, it's, it's mostly like messaging is, is like uh-huh. the core product and they'll try to force, you know, some company that has like a sales force that sells to the district and is more oriented toward the district. They'll try to force that on teachers and parents and they'll just be revolts. Cause they're just like, get this, this garbage go. out of yep. here. Like give us the good quality consumer product. And so that's uh, it was a really long-term strategy executed by class dojo to just put off. Don't worry about selling to schools. Don't worry about generating revenue, just build this massive network. And that's actually how Josh and I met. Cause you know, I, I saw the, the value of that, like really early on this enormous distribution network. And so Josh and I started working together and we still do this with class dojo. We, Josh made these videos. They're called conundrums. They're just sort of difficult, like ethical questions for kids. Again, decisions with trade-offs. So they're videos where we'll ask who should lead a Mars mission to be the experienced person, the smartest person, the one who's most enthusiastic about the mission. And you give kids a couple options and then you let them like reason through it. And we put those out through the class dojo network. And I don't know if I can share the numbers because it's pretty early, but just say like, it's massive. The numbers on the stuff is just massive. You're getting like really high quality experiences to kids in the classroom, you know, for very low cost, it's free to the teachers. And, you know, that was kind of part of the strategy at Dojo from the beginning is just build that network. And it's, you know, now they're, you know, it's enormous global and it's, it's, it's enormous. So definitely learn the value of strategy there from the founders. Impressive. I want to give you some time. I mean, I believe that you have a new project that's coming out. So I don't know if you want to talk about it right now, but I'll give you the chance to do it here. Yeah. I mean, this is like a growth podcast, right? That's like the the primary uh, growth and entrepreneurship. Yeah. Growth and entrepreneurship in general. Yeah. Okay. So when we started, I sort of, I wasn't really sure how many people would be into synthesis. We started as kind of like a bootstrap, like small business, because I just, just had no idea. It was like only for, uh, I didn't know if kids who weren't, you know, the kids of rocket and I didn't know if parents would trust this. Oh, is is it? You're good. Everything's still working. Okay. I just got a notification. Yeah. So we started kind of trying, not, not exactly trying to limit growth, but we put a bunch of obstacles up. Like there's an application and it's, we didn't tell you too much about it. It was kind of like a secret, which worked out really well in the early days. People were like, Oh, okay. This thing came out of, you know, the school that Elon started, like, let me give it a try. But one of the things that we're shifting to now is we're going to get away from the application or rather the, the current application, it's one of those conundrums where it's like you answer a question on video, which is 
doesn't really explain what we do for the kids. So they, so we have a lot of parents like want to get their kids in and then the kids are not that excited about it. Cause they're like, what is this? I'm having to answer this question on video, like, you know, record myself. That's a little weird. And so we're taking a page out of the admissions process at Ad Astra that, that Josh created for that school, which is you have this like, complex game to play and you just give the kids the game. You see how they like, it's like a puzzle game. You don't give them any instructions and you just say like, Hey, go figure this out and tell me how it works. One, tell me how it works. Tell me the rules of the game, which are not easy to figure out. And then two, tell me the strategy for how to win. And there's a couple different levels to it. So you can sit there for as long as it takes to beat, you know, the highest levels, or you can just like try it a couple of times, even if you lose and just give us the explanation for like what you learned. And so it's a better way to like give the kids a taste of what we're doing. And, you know, it also has the advantage of, it doesn't have to be pushed by the parents. If you're a parent, if you want to sell your kid on synthesis, you just like, Hey, Hey, play this game. If you like this game, it's a single player game and synthesis is, is, you know, more team oriented, but try this. If you like it, you're probably going to like synthesis. And so that's up by the time this comes out, it should be up at Rubicon dot synthesis dot is and you know audience can play it and just check it out and i'm not sure if your audience has a lot of people with kids in it but you know it's, it's i think it's kind of fun to see you know one it's just it's part of what was used at elon school like for the admissions process and it's you know it's unlike any other application process for, for a school or education that i've seen i'm looking at it right now i want to see if i can even get in after i'm gonna i'm gonna take it so we'll give see how it, it goes. Give it a try. It's pretty tough. We've given it to some of our investors and uh, yeah, it's, they couldn't, it's they couldn't get through. Got it. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah. all right. So working towards wrapping up here, I mean, you've got a Twitter thread with the 10 top books you find most useful in life. We've talked about Maverick already. I'm going to challenge you here uh, to go. Do you want to say something? No, no, go ahead. Yeah. So what would be one book outside of those 11 that you would recommend to this audience? Oh man, I have a hard time with that question. I mean, as, as it relates to synthesis, there are two that are sort of the core foundations of synthesis. The first is David Deutsch's Beginning of Infinity. I think that is the most impactful book that I've ever read. It's really astonishing. It is a book kind of that will help you think about thinking. And that is the core of what we're doing at Synthesis. So if you want to understand Synthesis, I'd recommend reading that book and understanding what he means by conjecture and criticism. The other one is Nassim Taleb's Incerto. So full by randomness, black swan, anti-fragile skin in the game. I think these are kind of like the two halves of, of thinking, right? Is Deutsch is about, you know, explanations, the power of explanations that you get to through conjecture and criticism. And Taleb is about complex systems and the limits of our explanations, the limits of our thinking. And so I think combine those two halves, get every kid to grok those. Like that's what we're trying to do at synthesis. Those are my two favorites. And outside of those, I don't know if I put it, I just throw something in different, a novel, Cormac McCarthy, Blood Meridian. It's like, that's, that my a, favorite that's a fiction one. It's fiction. Got it. That sounds fun. By the way, so beginning of affinity, I think it was Naval. I heard of it from like a Naval podcast or whatever. And he just said, it's basically like whoever says they get it, like on the first read around, like it's, it's like an impossible book or it's really hard. Like what's your take on that? I don't, it's just very dense. I mean, there's it, it a really crazy thing about it, which is the, the guy who wrote it, physicist, he's well-known in physics for work on quantum computing and sort of the quantum theory of the multiverse theory, right? Which is not really widely accepted amongst physicists. And it appears to me that he wrote this book, which is about how to create knowledge and how to, how science is really just explanations. That's what science is that he wrote the book in order to get people to accept multiverse theory. Mm. So it's sort of like 
as a side note to his career, he's created this work, which I think like revolutionizes how we think about knowledge and how we think about what science is and like what it means to understand something. And it appears that he just did that in order to solve the problem of like, how do I get physicists to accept multiverse theory, which he believes is, is true. So it's some chapters are quite difficult, but I think a lot of the stuff you can explain to you know, I explained to like my seven-year-old son and he gets it. It's just that it's so packed with insights and information that I've just been like constantly rereading it for about a year now. I'm just always picking up a couple pages and it's, yeah. it's the kind of thing where you want to read a page or two and then take a break for a day or so to like think it over. And, and yeah. yeah, it's very dense. That's how dense it is. Read a page or two and take a break, right? That's yeah. I would even, yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, you read a couple of paragraphs and you're like, yeah. okay, let me go think about this for a few days. Um, That's good feedback. I actually have that book scene there, but because I know it's so dense, I've kind of been avoiding it in the pack. <laughs> just don't, I always tell people like, read it. Like your goal is like, read it over a year. Yeah. Right. Don't try to read it and finish it. Just like over like a year, try to get through it, you know, right. and see what sticks. Awesome. Well, this has been great, Crispin. What's the best way for people to find you online? Twitter at Crispin Frank. And if they want to find synthesis spelled like Chris man, synthesis is synthesis.is is the website. Yeah. All right, Crispin, this has been great. Thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.